Hey guys, welcome to this episode of the Weekly Dispatch, covering the 26th of August to the 1st of September, which means it's officially pumpkin latte season. Get in your Kronosfit sweatshirt, which will be hard for me and Bobby since we clearly believe in freeing the nips, and we're feminists. So grab a PSL, tag us, we'll send you stickers while they last. This week was pretty popping, which is what I've heard kids in my neighborhood say when they're lit AF. The economy needs a sacrifice. I am more than sure of it, and so should you. The rainforest was saved. Thank you so much for your tweets, your thoughts, your prayers, your Instagram posts. Chad and Brad for that one weekend you spent down in Rio with those photos. So thank you. And we have another promise of a massive debt relief from Senator Sanders to make this week even better. I saw Aladdin on Broadway last night and Holy Flying Carpets. What a great show. The city of Agrabah has a 0% body fat per capita. So if we're doing fitness, we're not doing it the right way because Broadway was toned. Uh, and the likelihood that you have a virus on your phone and someone's spying on you is, is pretty high. So go watch Lord of the Rings. That's our only recommendation. It's our reoccurring plug from the last couple of weeks because we feel it's the only real important documentary out there in regards to the wizarding world and the impact that they have on society, not to be confused by the fake news that is Harry Potter. As always, our podcast is sponsored by Paragon Recovery. Use the code CRONUS15 to get great deals on their products. Paragon Recovery keeps you in the fight through activating your recovery and sleep cycles. And check them out and contact them for even more savings if you're a member of the military community or one of the many law enforcement agencies. Today's podcast will focus internationally on Afghanistan and Britain. Not so much how they have a history going back to the 1800s, but more so with Afghanistan and an attacks on a city in the north and then Britain for attacks in Parliament and questions about power. Our U.S. America's news this week will be a summary of the five-year panel that meets every five years. I'm just repeating myself for the USDA to review food and health, but not much else. The economy section this week has nothing to do with bonds, I promise, yields, or overnight rates. But you can catch up on all of that from the last couple of weeks that we have been following. But we'll talk today about Bernie Sanders and Medicare, We'll talk about the iPhone hacks. Were you affected? I can't say. We can't say. But we'll definitely tell you what we know. We're also going to report on the first day of the increased taxes on the commodities that the American consumer cares about, the shoes, Bluetooth devices, everything coming out of China, and what that might look like for your wallet. Sports is back, baby. The Open is almost upon us, so go and grab some great programs. And keep following the functional fitness. The NFL starts this week, but real quick. A lot of you have been asking about Ranger School selection, RAS programming. If you want to be successful, the main thing you should focus on is cardio. We get a lot of questions asking about basic bodybuilding programs. When we wrote our selection, our RASP, our Ranger School, most of the military prep exercises that you see all have a base in cardiovascular movements and endurance because when you get to school, they're not going to care how straighted your biceps are, how many curls you can do of your rucksack. At the end of the day, you're going to put that thing on and you're going to walk for miles and miles and miles and you're not going to use too much upper body strength, which is why most of our programs for those specific schools are focused so heavily on running and rucking and your performance is a direct result of those movements. So 
just to repeat a couple times, check out the Ranger program for free. Check out the SFAS program for free. Our military prep on Kilomoto that we post every day as well as on www.cronusfit.org. We're going to make sure you guys are set up successfully. When you guys graduate the schools, then we can go back to the bodybuilding, getting yoked programs that we also offer. So without much further ado, let's go. All right, straight out of Afghanistan, that wily coyote is back and up to his old tricks. And that's the Taliban attacking Kunduz. The Taliban, while trying to negotiate in good faith with the United States in Qatar, uh, for a peaceful resolution to the years of conflict, uh, just attacked a city in northern Afghanistan from multiple directions. That's the same city. Keep in mind, they've attacked twice and occupied twice in recent years. There's some conflicting reports uh, about whether the provincial police chief was killed in the defense of the city, but dozens have been killed in explosions which are rocking the town. One of the biggest issues, though, uh, about the news and the news cycle and what's not being reported is how credible the reports of size are. The Afghan Ministry of the Defense indicated that hundreds of Taliban were attacking the city. But, you know, in my personal experience with some Afghan numbers, you could think that it might be significantly less. One of those, oh, we've got hundreds attacking us. It's overwhelming. So if, in fact, you lost to just a couple dozen people attacking you, it's more of a save of face. I don't know how many patrols that I personally went on where... We didn't find any IEDs or very few, but then the one patrol that we don't go on the next day, they come back and the police reported they found 85 IEDs, which turned out to be the same 85 they showed us two weeks before. So reporting figures aren't always reliable, but what is reliable about this is that we know the attacks are happening. If you remember from 2015, this is the same city in which a hospital was struck that was being run by Doctors Without Borders, which killed 42 people. I was in Afghanistan at that time. The strike there shut down our operations for weeks, which was super unfortunate. But what's going to be different about this time is the Afghan forces are taking the lead on the operation, and that includes providing air support. It's going to be really interesting to see how the outcome of this fight against the Taliban is going to be affected by how accurately that close air support is provided by Afghan pilots with some U.S. help in observation and then how they do collateral damage estimates and what that means. We'll follow this up probably next week because it'll be an ongoing topic to reclaim such a large and major city in the northern provinces. On to Britain, which also had a history in Afghanistan at one point, but now has its own history to contend with. Boris Johnson, if you remember, is the PM. He just recently suspended Parliament, and no, not over tea breaks, nor crumpet shortages, but because the issues plaguing the country over the Brexit October date are looming. Britain, unlike the United States, doesn't have a formalized constitution. Rather, they depend on British sentiments of decency, fair play, assuming people in high places will respect conventions, precedents, and the unwritten gentlemanly rules. Parliament could still affect this Brexit no deal by voting in the next couple days. They're back for their summer break before Boris Johnson kicks them out. Or they can try to make a vote of no confidence in which customarily the prime minister resigns. But guess what? Drum roll, please. There's no formal constitution. So Boris Johnson doesn't technically have to leave. Aka, excuse me? Courts around the UK, similar to how federal courts we reported last week on the United States uh, blocking executive actions, are now starting to review Boris Johnson and his. And these are cases of first impression, which the British have absolutely zero history in dealing with when reviewing the 
ungentlemanly policies of a leader. However, the courts have declined to file for temporary injunctions, but rather have scheduled some hearings. And unlike America, which has a fairly democratic process, based on who you ask, whether you're like a Tea Party person or super far left, doesn't matter, a vote's a vote. Britain doesn't elect its prime minister. Rather, the 650-member body of the government chooses a leader based on which party has majority. And what's even more crazy about this is Boris Johnson's party isn't even a majority party anymore, nor was he elected by that party. Instead, 90,000 dues-paying members voted him to succeed Theresa May. At the end of all this, though, by November, we should know exactly how this is going to play out which will be a year from our elections, which will have huge impacts on the economy and candidates for us in the United States. More to follow. All right, U.S. news. Uh, we talked about uh, the USDA and food. So since 1980, the federal government has revised dietary guidelines uh, every five years, which largely impact our health and really the business of food, which is the main topic of, of this conversation. Every five years, that panel reviews issues and questions, whether it's high-fat diets, sodium levels, or new ways that we mass-produce food or consume that food. This year, uh, experts were really hoping that the topics included topics that kind of let themselves to that epidemic of obesity, obesity-related illnesses, and other issues in the country like high sodium, high sugar, and fat, high processed foods, etc. However, of the 80 questions that were picked for this year's panel, none of them relate to those issues we just mentioned and those that are leading to the greatest threat to heart disease, stroke, type 2 diabetes. Those being consumption of red meat, processed meats, and the increase in ultra-processed foods that are accounting for a greater and greater percentage of consumed foods by Americans, which carry with them the greater health risks. Bobby talks about this a lot in his diet uh, programs that he discusses on Brain Body Bobby and Health. So if you want to check that out, please go subscribe. Uh, go take a listen because he's really good at when he gets into it. And it's also something how we build into our dietary programs here at Chronosfit. But back to that panel in the news. Half of the Americans live uh, in this country with one or more diet-related chronic illnesses. Let that sink in. 50% of the United States lives with one or more diet-related chronic illnesses. And that's a report coming from the New York Times. And the diet is to blame for a lot of the ill health the country has, with 700,000 deaths annually being contributed to those effects. And that's according to the Center for Science and the Public Interest. In general, recommendations for healthy diets are avoiding ultra-processed foods, which means like less meat and less sugar consumption. Critics believe that the USDA is being influenced by large corporations and administration uh, officials to avoid those topics which pose the greatest threat to profit for the food companies. The guidelines the USDA discussed affect that food pyramid that we as Americans rely on for health and commerce, and a lot of that impacts school lunches and programs, which is a $100 billion industry annually, influencing what young developing children eat, which also lends to that discussion we had where so few current American teenagers and young adults couldn't even qualify to join the military simply because of their health issues. The Dietary Review is also prohibited from studying the impact of food production and the environment, which is greatly affected through global warming. The USDA prohibited research conducted prior to 2000 from being considered for this year's panel as well, which means that much of the science behind the dietary fats and cardiovascular disease risks will be excluded. But it's not all bad news. The committee this year proposed stricter limits on processed sugars and additives, 
So no more than 10% of the caloric value for your day should be made up by those sugars. And then the correlations also between processed and red meat with certain kinds of cancer, which is something that was highlighted in the documentary Forks Over Knives. The North American Meat Institute, the Cattlemen's Beef Association, the dairy industry uh, pushed back significantly against a lot of these. And I don't know why I kicked my accident so late there. It would have been so much more dramatic. The bad news is of this panel, uh, 13 out of the 20 doctors and dietitians have ties to big food industries like the National Potato Council, which if you're sitting here like me, I didn't know. I, I thought that might have been just the Irish national government. It's okay, I can say that I'm, uh, I'm an Irish American. Anyway, uh, we'll report next week on what this panel really gets down to and what they decide. Oh, yes, the economy. The economy is back with a vengeance. And this week we start with Senator Bernie Sanders. He is dangling a debt relief plan again over the American public, which this time is worth $81 million for medical debt. Sanders is continuing to push his uh, medical changing landscape, which starts for Medicare for All, which just makes the third party payer the American government, helping to cut costs and enforce pricing for many drugs. However, what Medicare does, and just a brief segue on this, um, when you have a set price on things, it limits competition and patents. When drug companies, which I don't advocate for the high pricing that they do, um, price Americans out of needed drugs to maximize profits, we have a huge issue in the country. But back to why they do that. Uh, typically, it takes a lot of capital to start the process of creating a new drug, anywhere from like one to $10 billion. When companies create a drug and it's patented, you know, up to times of like, you know, 10 or 20, however many years that the patent lasts, those companies have a monopoly that was created by the U.S. government purposefully to reward that company for doing all the legwork and so that they can reap the reward for innovation. If pricing gets reduced through the Medicare system, which means that companies want to price their pills so that Medicare pays for all of it rather than just a portion, then the values of those pills could be artificially lowered and only partially covered by an insurance company, which reduces incentives for drug companies to be innovative. And if they're not innovative and they're not creating new products, then we could see a slowdown in some of the treatments. But back to this $81 million worth of medical debt, Senator Sanders just wants to create another opportunity to reduce the debt that's crippling so many Americans, whether it's from surgeries or from the high cost of pills that their insurance companies were not paying for, but just trying to create a system which yet does not have a direction for how it's going to be paid for, but make it so that Americans can put more money back into banks and increase savings and general wealth. And when we talk about wealth, we'll talk about how today, this morning, at Sunday, at midnight 01, U.S. Customs started exercising a 15% tax on products like clothing, footwear, pens, pencils, diapers, Bluetooth earbuds, and other items that were listed on a whopping 114 pages worth of Chinese goods. This tax plan is the second target of the Trump administration. The first was on intermediary goods, like machinery and components used to make the final products by companies, but this time the final products will be hit with the taxes, and it's going to hit the U.S. consumer significantly harder. Back-to-school shopping is going on this week and next. So consumers are going to see that tax in their costs, not something that the seller is going to have to eat, but rather we as the consumer, as those companies will most assuredly not assume the costs and their variable costs, which is a supply curve, but rather put the tax incident on the consumer. And what that does also 
is it shifts the demand curves and it increases the dead weight loss that gets created between what used to be an equilibrium price for the market and what is now the set price. October 1st is the next tariff date on the calendar where taxes that were at 25% on the $250 billion worth of imports will increase to 30%. The CEO of the US Chamber of Congress, Congress, wrong word, Sean, Commerce, Tom Donahue publicly called for the president to halt his planned increases uh, with the increases in costs 14 months until the election. Farmers now all of a sudden feeling the impacts of their trade and their exports, the inverted yield curve, which I promise we weren't talking about, I just mentioned it, and the potential of a recession in the next 18 months based on that yield curve that I promised I wasn't going to talk about. Consumers seem to feel less optimistic in the outcome, and then this politically has ramifications because Republicans will feel less positive in Trump's re-election and potential. And if that wasn't the most positive bit of news to end on, the last bit for the economy, Google just announced a massive iPhone hack, which goes back nearly two years, and one which was indiscriminate in its pursuit of information. So it didn't just go after certain demographics, it was a broad breach. The hack used websites to allow attackers to steal messages, files, and data every 60 seconds on a rotating clock. No websites have been named as of yet, for where these hacks might have occurred, but they are estimated to receive thousands of visitors per week. These sites, which would use things like your password keychain from your phone, would allow people to go back and see messages, your address books, app information, stuff like WhatsApp, Telegram, and Gmail were uncovered. And the Washington Post did something on this a couple of weeks ago that we talked about where they were able to go for like $50 buy a whole bunch of personal data from somebody that worked in the Washington Post just to prove a point about how susceptible we are because of all of our cloud access. We're going to report on this significantly more, I'm sure, over the next 14 months because with these passwords coming out, I'm sure someone is sitting somewhere on a debate stage which has very private information sitting out there just waiting to be used by opponents. It's going to be bad, it's going to be dirty, it's going to be bad politics in general. But I think this is going to have much more of an impact on leaders in the country rather than on individuals like you and me. But that finishes our economy section because the next one we get to talk about is sports. The NFL is back. Starting on Thursday, we got Green Bay and Chicago. Uh, and big week one matchups are, let's see, Dallas and the Giants because Zeke Elliott is an issue. You've got Washington at Philadelphia because it's Carson Wentz season. Durs, we're Philly boys. Another great matchup is the primetime game on Sunday between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the New England Patriots with the greatest of all time, Tom Brady. Uh, but that's going to do it for us this week. We are starting to review the Cronus Scholars applications this week and next, which you still have time to submit. But guys, we really appreciate all the applicants and individuals looking to pursue an education, whether that's through the extended service contracts that the military offers or in that permanent transition to civilian life. It's really inspiring to see why you guys want to give back to the veteran community and how you want to give back to the military in general. Remember, you can still email us at hq at currentsfit.org with a summary of why you want to pursue an education, how you're going to use that to impact the veteran community, etc. 
Get those letters of recommendations in. We're not looking for anything fancy from a congressman. Send us your ORB, ERB, and just a photo of you training with some of your your men uh, and and your women out in the field. And then we're going to announce the first ever Cronus Scholars in the next couple weeks. Uh, In some sad news, though, for those of you that are big in the fitness community, you know Franco Colombo, the two-time Mr. Olympia, and Arnold Schwarzenegger's longtime friend and training partner, the icon in the bodybuilding world, passed away after drowning this last weekend while swimming off the coast of Sardinia. Many of you might remember him from that great documentary, Pumping Iron, which was following Arnold Schwarzenegger's quest to earn his sixth straight Mr. Olympia against the upcomer Lou Ferrigno, and then also Franco Colombo, which was in the under 200-pound category. Franco made cameos in multiple Arnold films, including Last Action Hero, where it was a movie that, you know, was within a movie that was a Franco Colombo film. And then he's also one of the patrolling scouts uh, killing Conan's childhood village in Conan. But that's going to do it for us this week. You can always find us at www.cronusfit.org. You can email us at hq at cronusfit.org. Or for any questions, concerns, comments, uh, leave us a five star review. We'll read it. If it's cool, if it's funny, if it's mean, we're just going to read it with a very sad inflection in their voice. But hit us up on Instagram, at Facebook. We love the, the content and uh, what we can provide you to make sure you guys are prepared for fitness and in general life and happiness. Appreciate it. Uh, go follow Brain Body Bobby and listen to his great content. But really appreciate everything. Hope you guys have a great week. We'll see you next week.